Hi everyone, Sam here. I wanted to let you know about something that you may not know about this podcast. I have set up a supporter page for listeners to show their support in different ways other than sharing and reviewing the platform. It's called Buy Me A Coffee and what that allows supporters to do is to donate to the podcast. As many of you know, this podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Stitcher and lots of other platforms as well. And there is no paywall attached to it. Now, to get our amazing guests on, it does require a lot of work, and I know that so many people appreciate it. So if you are interested in donating to the podcast, please head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash CritCastPod. Thanks again for your support, and enjoy the episode. Hi guys, and welcome back to CritCastPod. This is the podcast that offers the personal side behind the persona of world-leading athletes and performers. My name is Sam Crick, and I'm joined this week um, with a very special guest. His name is James Williams. James, welcome to the podcast. Cheers, Sam. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. Now, the idea around this podcast was to just get a bit of build-up into the events for the European Champs. For the trials that we had recently, there wasn't too much of a buzz, I'd say, around building them up. Maybe kept under wraps a bit with the different locations. I actually found out about the sort of trial event through Holly Archer telling me that she was competing. So I didn't really get too much of a, a build-up, so I really wanted to really push it for the European indoors. But you've had a not only a, a fantastic year, I guess, but especially in the last couple of weeks, an incredible time for you getting selected for your first GB vest. Tell us about your reaction to, I guess, the races and then your selection in itself. Yeah, so um, we had an invitational race a couple of weeks ago at Brigham Invitational, which went well, you know, my opener. I thought, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm in all right shape. I'm still in the same shape as last year. So I felt positive going into the trials. You know, my dream was just to get selected for the relay and just get taken on the trip. And if I got to run, great. If not, it'd be good fun. And then obviously the trials were the following week, which as you said, sadly didn't get sort of much coverage, but it's obviously about what you do when you're there. And I ran okay on the first day in the heat. I won my heat, but um, I sort of mispaced it and died a bit on the way home. I maybe didn't show it, but I definitely felt it. Um, and I was thinking, okay, have I got anything more in me? I'll I'll, I'll take the next uh, day a little bit easier on the first lap. So that's why if you've watched the video, I'm sort of trailing behind in third. You know, I'm normally known as a speedster, but I went quite casual, maybe too casual through... Um, through the first lap, but then just had this like amazing kick on me, which I didn't didn't realise I had in me, and you know pushed past um, Chris McAllister on the on the back straight, um, and then got on the back of Lee, and luckily went round him just when it mattered, and then as you say, you know that that got me the the qualifying time, and after that I sort of knew because there were only the three of us who who had the time at that point. I sort of knew I was going to get picked, but. The next day, I got a phone call from uh, Banky Blankfest, which is pretty unusual for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he, he said he offered me the place on the team, and obviously, you know, I was over the moon. Then it sort of hit home. You know, the day before, it was like, okay, I'm, I might be going, I might be going. But when he phoned me and said it was, yeah, that was the realization then that I'm actually going to be going. I'm going to get a GB kit, and I'm going to try and go against the best in Europe. I mean, just like the added benefits that you get just from 
you know, especially those phone calls, the emails, the kit sizes. I know it comes down to the detail where you're really realizing, you know, this is real. I've been selected for my my first, you know, GB appearance. And interestingly, you know, there's a different aspect indoors as well. Um, it's especially for the 400. It's very different um, in terms of that sort of lap mentality. You know, there might be a bit more elbows out with obviously the two laps indoors, it being a 200 meter track. How much does that benefit you with, I guess, your size, your presence? Does it benefit you in, over indoors rather than outdoors? Or is it still the same mentality going into it? Yeah, I've never really realized that, actually, like you say there. The indoor four is probably the biggest change to an event going from indoors to outdoors or vice versa. You know, it, it really does change it up, doesn't it? I think, yeah, it does play into my hands because, obviously, you get a massive advantage in the indoor four by getting to the break first. And obviously, like say, coming from a 100 and 200 background, I have got that natural speed on a lot of the other 400 guys. You know, that, that's taken nothing away from them. You know, the likes of all the lads who I raced against have definitely got amazing 200 meter PBs in them. Yeah. But it is just that touch easier for me to go round, you know, the first lap at least. With that said, like I was trailing at, at the break in my PB race, so maybe it's something for me, for me to consider that I don't actually need to use up all my speed on the first lap. I can. I have got that in my locker to kick past people and 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 do that. But I think I've, I've done like eight indoor four hundred races in my career so far, really? <laughs> and I've run them all. I've run them all so differently. Like you know, I've been leading at the bell, died a bit. I've been behind and kicked around. I've sat until the final straight and kicked. It's it's still just all like a learning experience for me. And um, you know, I have an idea in my mind what's going to happen, but I don't know if that has ever happened yet you know yeah. it's just like all hell breaks loose once you get going really but but yeah like a lot of people have said to me that I'm difficult to run against in that type of race because I am hard to get around and obviously with that natural speed if I kick around the bends and someone has to go around me it's really tough for someone to go past me especially when they're running yeah. further by going outside so it is, it, I am like, a, maybe I am made for the indoors and I'm happy to accept that. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had many outdoor I mean, for, so that's the come. I mean, to, to say you're a difficult opponent probably isn't doing it just, it's not, it doesn't sound like a positive thing, but, you know, in the sense of the fact that, you know, you're competing, that's such, such talent to have in your, in your locker really to either be able to take it out quick and, and maintain it or even come around on the kick as well. Have you thought yeah. about any of those tactics given the, the different style of races that you've had in, in the indoors? Have you got an idea of what you're going to do in you know a couple of days' time when you're out in, um, in Turin? Um, so my idea is to go through the bell in about 22 dead, thinking that for me that should feel really comfortable still. And also for well when i when i've watched european indoor races in the past and when i've re-watched them and stuff if that is that's a pretty fast first lap still even at the highest level so if i got that right i reckon i'd be at the front after the first lap and then i'd still have a kick left in me i think when i won uh, the other week I went through the bell in about 22.5. But yeah. like I say, that that was just way too easy for me. And I was lucky that there were only four of us in the race. And I think with an extra two people going through in 22.5, there'd just be too much congestion. And I would have had to kick past maybe 
three people on the back straight rather than one, which is just getting to this stage where it's pretty much not possible. So I think I'd have to turn up my first lap a bit to, to the 22 dead range and then hold and try and just kick with people if they try to get past me then but yeah i think i think that's that's my plan anyway yeah yeah definitely well it's, it's so interesting to sort of get inside your head and, and realize those those tactics that we might take into it. i mean you know you never know what can happen as well especially with yeah. those indoor races um but you know in your experience as well watching the uh, european indoor champs and things like that you know, if you become a fan of the sport and, you know, which event are you really looking forward to outside of your event? Or are you so focused on yours that you're not really sort of worried about anything else? Yeah, no, I've been an athletics fan my whole life. So it's like a dream come true. I've never been to a major champs, um, even as a fan, sadly. And um, I tried to get tickets for the Olympics, like, what was it, nine years ago now? But, yeah, yeah. like, sadly couldn't because, um, you know, they were like gold dust, weren't they? Um, so... On that side of it, I'm just pleased to be going anyway to, you know, be there and, and watch it live. Obviously, coming from a sprint background, I'm interested in, you know, the men's and women's 60s. I think they'll both be amazing. We have some, like, uh, good lads in the 60s, sadly no women in, yeah, in, yeah, in the 60s. And clearly on that stage, I'm interested in, in the women's four too. Um, and as, as a spectator, I will. I hope I get to the final of the, the four. And I think I can if everything goes right, but I'll be very interested to see how that final goes. I'm just like, a, a, I found that I'm really into my training. I'm a really good trainer, I think. So I'm sort of, not obsessed, but I, I'm really interested in how people do it. So I'm interested in what they take as their first lap. I'm like, oh, that's a fast first. Oh, that's a bit slow. And how do they set up their race from there? So it is a mild obsession with people's first lap. So I'll be yes, very yeah. interested in seeing all the other heats and stuff like that. So yeah, I just can't wait um, to, to go and, and to see that sort of stuff live. And obviously to be part of it, it's just next level, obviously. Well, yeah. And hopefully this gives the listeners a bit of insight into you as well. Obviously I haven't seen you on, you know, the, the, the global stage, but now is, you know, now's your shot. So I think that this gives a, a good insight um, for each listener to when they're watching the 400s, they, you know, they see you go around, around the track and you know they're like well I've, I've listened to that guy this is what he said um maybe don't hold you accountable to that just in case yeah. it doesn't go too well but um but i think it does just offer that bit more insight that you may not have otherwise but but james thanks so much for coming on and, and thanks for uh for telling us a bit about you know y- yourself and your plan um going forward if anyone wants to follow you on uh, social media where can we find you um so my instagram is james williams one pretty easy um and my twitter is at jdub underscore one nice yeah good so that's where you can find me if you want to hear about um rantings about arsenal on twitter i'm not that interested instagram is better though (laughs) good stuff well james thanks so much for coming on and uh guys thanks very much for listening this is another addition to the build-up for the European Indoor Championships taking place this weekend. Thanks very much for listening. Make sure to rate and review the podcast. We'll see you guys in the next one.